How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Friar Talk. Just going to be me, Matt, today uh, here. I think Isaac may jump on in a little bit, but we just want to do something quick, talk about the you know the whole Udarvish contract, stuff like that, since that did happen yesterday. Um, didn't have a chance to hop on yesterday, but figured, hey, it's all right. We'll, you know, we'll, get, it, we'll get it in before the, before the weekend because we're probably going to go either live on Monday or Wednesday. Um, but overall... I like the contract. I know there's a lot of people that are a little bit skeptical of the deal just because Darvish is going to turn 42 in that final year of the contract. Um, but however, when the deal came out, my, my first thought was, okay, this has got to be front loaded because if it's 18 million AAV, that's, that's just not right. That's not right for you, Darvish. You look at some of these other contracts that go around. Um, there was a contract that, or there was a comparison to a, to a T1 Walker's uh, contract. And he basically, I think he makes roughly the same deal. So it's like almost the same contract, right? Except for Darvish has had the same amount of war just last year that Walker's had in like the last four or five seasons. So it's big to get Darvish back. Like, And if you look at the Potters rotation and the future rotation, it doesn't look good in terms of you know what it looks like now, maybe four years down the road when Dylan Lesko, some of those guys are kind of going to come into fold. It looks a lot better there. However, you know, right now, who do you have under contract next year officially? You have Darvish and Musgrove. So bringing Darvish back is is massive for next year. Um, and then if we look into the details of the contract, like I was saying, I was like, okay, this has got to be front-loaded, right? It's got to be front-loaded. He's not going to be making 18 when he's when he's super old. No, he's not. So basically, it's going to be $30 million this year, then $15 million, then $20 million, then $15, $14, 14 so the last two years of the contract are when he's 14 and and those are the years where he's going to be more of like 40 to 41 and then he barely turns 42. I think it's August. Someone commented on a on a tweet I had. So uh, he ends up turning 42 at the very end of the deal. So one, you Darvish is still really good. What is he, 36 years old right now? Um, but two, even if he's not that great in those last, let's say he's not good in the last two years, in 2027 and 2028, it's only $14 million. That's not that crazy, especially with you know inflation and in and kind of bringing that up as well, and especially in sports lately when you see all the salary caps rise. I know baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but in general we've seen that rise a lot. Um, so overall, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good deal. He also has a full uh, no trade clause, um, and he does have some incentives if he uh, wins Cy Young, which that's very very fair. So overall, though, I, I do like the deal. Uh, I don't know what what is everyone in the chat feeling about it because I've heard you know like I said I've heard some some back and forth. Um, on the contract i think it's great um kyle says yeah this is okay kyle this is how how i feel too he says one the deal is crazy compared to the current market and then he also says it's it's basically the degrom deal with way less money uh, exactly and, and you look at you look at both degrom and the verlander deal or, sorry the scherzer deal the verlander deals dude this is a steal you're getting you darvish and let's say let's say it's not even the whole thing let's just look at the first four years of the contract 24 15 2015 dude that's a steal that's a great contract so yes you're gonna have to pay for him when he's older but like we've seen every single every single contract lately has been guys going into their 40s when we talk about manny machado extension what do we always bring up oh it's probably going to be like a 10-year deal and i've heard some people talk about six-year deals eight-year deals stuff like that it's probably going to be a 10-year deal because then he's into his 40s when the deal's up so i don't know that that's what i kind of feel about it um, in terms of Darvish, the player, I, I saw, um, I forgot who it was, but someone was tweeting out like some advanced analytics from Darvish, um, just stuff like, you know, K percentage. Um, I think it was like Velo, stuff like that. And he has fallen off a little bit. However, 
he's fallen off a little bit and he still has elite numbers. So like, we're not acting like this dude has fallen off a cliff. Darvish has been, Darvish has been one of the better pitchers for the majority of my life, which is kind of crazy. Like he's been like there for a long time pitching in the league. So I don't know. I'm, I, I like it. Um, Gil says trying to offload those remaining uh, three years, 38 million will be really fun for AJ. I mean, I, okay. But that's the thing though, like with a lot of these contracts and I don't want to bring them up, but I'm going to have to, because the numbers are very close. I think it was three for 39 on Hosmer's deal, right? They don't really mind like cutting ties and just kind of eating it. Okay. It's actually 43. Okay. So it's a little bit more, but still like, I don't, I don't know if that's what we're going to see with this contract. I think, I think Darvish is. Let, let's look up his numbers. I mean, last year he was fantastic, um, but I, I don't know. His game is, his game isn't about velo. His game isn't. It, it's about off speed. It's about location. He's he's always been very similar as a pitcher. I mean, he's. I know he's made some adjustments over the years, but look at where he ranks in WHIP. His career WHIP is one one three. Like last year, he had under one WHIP. 3-1 ERA, one of his best years in quite some time. But you look at his numbers and like, yeah, he's had some numbers where, you know, some years where he went like into like high fours. Actually, only a couple years where he went into high fours. But for the most part, he's been pretty good. So I like it. I, I don't think that, I don't think that this is a deal that's going to really burn the Padres. I don't think we're going to look at this deal. Also, I don't think we're going to look at this deal and go, wow, what a steal. Because Darvish is getting up there in age. And the chance that he plays like he did last year and performs to that level for two of the next six years, probably unlikely, but he doesn't need to be like that. He needs to be able to, the biggest thing for him and for the Padres right now is he needs to be able to eat innings. And he's done that pretty consistently. I want to say, let's see. I mean, most years last year he had 194 year before that 166. And that was with a bunch of injuries. Um, then COVID year, then 178 um, year before that he got hurt, but then 186, 100, 144, 209, 191. So like, he pitches a lot of innings as well. So I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, he only had one year in the, in the high fours. I think he had two of the years where he was in the fours as well, but overall good numbers, really good numbers. Um, Jason, he says, I like it. Uh, doesn't really rely on his fastball like Verlander or Scherzer. Uh, yeah. He relies on movement and craftiness, even though his fastball can still touch 97. Yeah. When it's playoff time, like he he'll start bringing the velo up, but you know, when it's, july august september he's not going to be pumping 97 he's going to be kind of going pumping 94 95 and and that's that's perfectly okay i think we might even see darvish at 92 93 like we've seen a lot of guys where once they get older their velo falls out down and then it's like oh well now they're not nearly as effective since their fastball is such a big part of their game and that's either because their fastball is so dominant or their off speed is complemented by their fastball so well. So when their velo drops, all of a sudden their other pitchers pitches start becoming less effective. I don't really see that as much with him. So, um, oh, another good question here. I'll I'll, I'll answer your other question uh, there, Jason, in a second. I like that, but but overall, I don't see him like falling off a cliff. So I, I don't. I'm not expecting Darvish to even perform like he did last year. Maybe hopefully one more time. That'd be fantastic. But I also think he's going to still be a, a legit pitcher in the league and a legit starter. The only way, in my opinion, because I don't think it's going to hurt performance-wise, the only way I think the Padres get absolutely screwed by this injury is if Darvish just gets hurt over and over and over and we don't see him anymore. Because that can happen. He's 36. That can easily happen. But that's that's the only way. You can't go and make contracts. You, you can't make contracts to pitchers you know, when they're not in arbitration 
and expect them to just be completely healthy. Like that's going to happen. That That is bound to happen. You're going to sign guys and they're going to get hurt. It happens so often, especially with pitchers. You know, you get a guy and then, oh, boom, elbow gone. We saw that with Clev when they traded for him. All of a sudden, dude was not the same. Shelf himself. We got like two starts. Got like two starts with the, the with the guy you traded for. When you start bringing money in, it gets a little bit different. Um, but luckily, uh, Peter Peter Seidler, uh, he doesn't really care. So I don't know. I don't think it's I don't think this is a deal that's going to burn him. I think most importantly is we have Darvish back for six years, and that is fantastic. Um, Jason did have a good question here. Um, Matt, do you, how do you think Darvish's exten- extension uh, will affect Machado's contract extension? I think that. I don't really think it affects it too much. I don't think it really changes anything. I, I think that maybe and Isaac said it, Isaac might be hopping on him, and I don't know if he's going to make it. We're probably not, and the probably not going to be on for a super long time. It's it's already almost eleven o'clock here. It was it was a rough day, long long day for me, but I wanted to talk about Darvish. Um, Isaac says Otani on the way. See, I feel like that maybe it means something a little bit more. Um, but I think for Machado, I think if anything, what it means is it's kind of a signal to the fan base of like. We're trying to like, like keep this core together. So basically, I think it's kind of a little bit of us knowing they are going to try to extend Machado this off season. They are going to try to extend Soto this off season and next off season, and they'll probably try to bring him back after that. Um, but I think it's more of like just kind of letting us know, like, okay, they're they're going to try to bring everyone back. Um, but the team will. Uh, um, they're already over the luxury tax right now. They're pretty high into it, honestly. I, I don't know if they're going to offload anyone. Uh, we were talking about this just like in our in our group chat a while back. If they're going to offload anyone, it's probably going to be Drew Pomerantz. You got to expect that he's the he's the guy that they move on from just because he makes a lot of money. He hasn't been on. He hasn't. I mean, not even that he hasn't been good. He just hasn't been on the field. That's the thing. So I don't know. I think that if if they are trying to like save some money. Um, then that's what happens. Uh, Kyle says, I think, uh, I think Machado gets an extension done next week, to be honest. I feel like, I feel like he's got to get one done before the year ends, right? Like you, that has to happen. I think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, Kyle. Um, yeah. And also a lot of money is coming off the books next year. Yes. But also in kind of a scary way. And that's why I think this, I, this is why I think this Darvish deal is, is a smart move. It's a good move because if you didn't resign Darvish or extend Darvish, you would have player options for, well, Nick Martinez has a, not a mutual option, but he has a player option for like 15 or 16. And then he has an, or he has a, sorry, a club option for like 16 million, I want to say. And then also a player option for eight. So like, if he was like really, really bad and wasn't going to get more than eight, then he could opt into it. But we would have to, for him to like get to stay on the team, basically we'd have to opt into a $16 million deal. So that's his deal. Uh, Lugo has like a player option. I think it's like, I think his deal's like eight or 10 or nine, something like that. I forget um, right around there. So he has an option. Blake Snell is a free agent. And you're like, oh, oh man, we're going to lose four guys potentially. Now it's only three. But I feel like Nick Martinez is going to stay. Like if Nick Martinez has a good year, if Jay Groom has a good year, if Seth Lugo has a good year, if Adrian Morahone actually becomes a starter and has a good year, that is so massive because then you actually have three guys and it's not like you're searching like frantically, like, oh, come, oh my God, we have to get all these pitchers. Because this year you lost two free agents, right? Um, but you you only signed one guy. You only got Seth Lugo. It, you didn't go and really like, 
in terms of the the name aspect of Shamanaya and Mike Clevenger, right? They weren't very good last year. We all know that. But in terms of the names, in terms of like what they've been able to do, what we thought they were going to do heading in like before last season around this time, or for Manaya's case, like right before the season started, like our expectations, though they were much higher than what we're going to have for Seth Lugo. And that's just because the market's been ridiculous. We've seen some of these deals that, that pitchers have gotten. It's just like the Potters didn't want to do that. They were like, we'd rather go get Xander Bogarts. And, and I think it makes a little bit more sense. I think with how their team is built, it does make sense. But next year is going to be a really interesting year because you have two guys. You have two guys under contract. You bring Nick Martinez back. Okay, good. Okay. Seth Lugo, massive wild card first of all. So we don't really know what that's going to look like. Blake Snell. If Blake Snell, I mean, if Blake, okay, this is my this is my thing with Blake Snell, and you guys know, like we've we've kind of been like Blake Snell truthers after the early stages of Blake Snell. I feel like we used in uh in twenty twenty one we would rip Blake Snell so much, and then kind of towards the end we're like, all right, we get it, we we get what the Snell experience is. He's horrible in the first half, and he turns it on the second half. Last year he started out slow, and we're like, don't worry, guys, don't worry. We we saw this last year. Do not worry. Everyone was panicking. Everyone was like, we got to trade Snell. We got to trade Snell. Turned into a beast in the second half. So I feel like we'll probably see a similar season from Blake Snell. We're probably going to get a little bit of freaking out early on because he's not going to look good. But he's in a contract here. So I feel like it's hard to expect them to to bring Blake Snell back, not because they, they're not going to be interested in it, but I feel like it goes one of two ways. One, Blake Snell doesn't look too good, and you're like, oh, we, we could get someone else. We could get someone that could be a more reliable three guy. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's really inconsistent, and it's just kind of one of those years where you're like, I, I don't know. We, I don't think we need to do this. Or he goes absolutely berserk and just is bawling out, and then we go, okay, now we can't afford him. That's kind of how I feel like that one play, plays out. Um, now, hopefully I'm wrong. I like Snell. I Yeah, Snell might go for the bag this year. Yeah, Flypass says that. Yo, Snell will go for the bag. And and I hope he does. That's good for him. I mean, I like Blake Snell. He's a cool dude. Um, I hope he goes for the bag, but I don't know if the Padres are going to be the team that's necessarily trying to pay him all that money. Um, also, how old is Blake Snell? I want to see this. I have no idea. Um, I feel like he's been in the, in the okay, 30. So he is, he could sign like a fat six-year deal. Um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to potentially cost a lot of money. Um, let's look at these, some of these comments that I got here. Um, they kind of have to go over the luxury tax in order to maintain the core of the Padres. Good resign overall. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, they've kind of let everyone know like, yeah, we don't really care about the luxury tax. And that's the whole thing. Where's this money coming from? Where's this money coming from? We just have to stop worrying about it. I, until they are like, because right now they just, they just resigned Darvish, right? They've said that they want to bring back Manny. They've said that they want to bring back Soto. It seems like, they are being blatantly honest. We want to bring them back. We will pay them a ton of money. We will pay Machado basically like whatever he wants, right? They've also at the same time, and these are not only rumors, these are not only like reporters saying this, they they just kind of make it clear like, yeah, we also want to go get Otani. We've like always wanted Otani. Dude, they're going to just keep going after it. And until they stop, until they go, all right, we're sitting this offseason out, then we can kind of reevaluate and go, okay, maybe that's where their limit is. But right now, like, like, what do you guys think their limit is? Because the way that I, and I've said this, I think before, I don't know if I've said it on the show in a while. I tried to tweet it out, but it didn't really make any sense. But, um, you know, the character limit doesn't really help. But 
I've always thought that the way that the Padres view money is a lot different than most teams because it's there's no salary cap, right? There, there's no salary cap in baseball. Football, basketball, you have to stay in, in a threshold. Well, for basketball, you have to stay in a threshold. For football, you have to stay under that number. You can, you can change contracts and the bonuses. Your owner can kind of bill you out and stuff, but only to a certain extent. But for baseball, you're just going to have to pay more luxury tax. Well, if the po- if if Peter Seidler every year is making profits of over $500 million, right? Because I think that's what they made last year. I mean, you guys saw FanFest. You see how big the Padres brand has grown. I mean, we've seen it when we started the show. We started the show. We did only the podcast form that that COVID year, the 2020 season. And then right before 2021 season started, we started doing YouTube. So we've done two seasons. This is going to be our third on YouTube, right? Dude, it has been insane what has happened. Before the COVID year, we we're like, ah, oh, like we didn't have that crazy high expectations. Like we were pumped for certain guys. We're pumped for Manny, pumped for Tatis. Um, but it, there wasn't crazy expectations. And if you remember that starting rotation was, it was not good. Outside of the Nelson Lamette, like it wasn't too pretty um chris paddock was there so we were like oh yeah i got a bank on chris paddock stuff like that um but like they just keep showing if we make this amount of money we will reinvest it into the team so if they continue to make 500 600 million dollars every year i mean obviously that's not revenue that's profits like what they're taking home what peter seiler is bringing into his pocket right they are almost like i don't think they're afraid to match that I don't even think that Peter Seidler is necessarily concerned if if he like loses money in a given year because the more that they build up this team, the more that they build up the culture of the Padres, the more fans are going to be they're going to get the higher market share they have of MLB fans, of sports fans, of people in San Diego. The Chargers are not there anymore. That's like it's such a massive opportunity for them. So I think they viewed it as like, yeah, we'll go into default a few years. We'll go ridiculous for a few years. That doesn't matter. Like, we'll just keep paying more money. So if they have start having luxury taxes that are like super high, but they're making more money, I think they're going to be completely fine with that. And and that's also kind of what, like, you know, I think people don't really like, We I think, I don't know if Isaac brought it up last time, like Steve Cohen, like any owners, you know, the Dodgers ownership, like any owners like that, where they're just like consistently shelling out money money and money and the yankees all of a sudden the red sox aren't doing it and the red sox are getting completely blasted but like a lot of these organizations that have been good for a long time well guess what they spend money like that's what's what they do that's what they have in common and sorry i don't know what's going on outside um but yeah so i don't know i i I feel like they're gonna that there's no one that's really like off the table for them right now now is it a little bit unrealistic to keep everyone that you have currently also find a way to add three, I mean, well, I guess add two pitchers in this case. Um, get Otani, bring back Soto. Yeah, it might be a little bit unrealistic. But think about this. Maybe it's a little bit unrealistic, right? If you're Peter Seidler, if you're a billionaire, and all you're trying to do is grow this brand and make it really crazy and make it you know, be super, super good and have like the biggest MLB team, because that's his goal. That's That's got to be his goal. If you have to like eat... Keep in mind how, how rich this dude is. Eat like 50 to $100 million for like a few years. And you have the opportunity to bring in Otani to what you already have. So you're going to have Otani come in there and now be one of your pitchers to replace that need and bring his bad to the lineup. I, you got to try. I don't know if it's going to work, but you're going to have to try. So 
I think for all the extensions, I think it's I, I think it'd be really cool how it plays out. But I don't know. I'm I'm pumped for this one. I think this was a good move. Um, let's see what else we got in the comments here. Uh, Night Nightingale tweeted about the Padres extending Machado to a four hundred million dollar deal for ten years. Yeah, I've heard like four hundred or like three eighty, three eighty maybe. I see. The other thing is with Machado too is like a lot of guys. Like you look at him, you're like, oh, do you really want that guy when he's thirty five plus? Machado, I don't care. If Machado gets old and it's unathletic, move. We've I don't I don't know if you guys have if we've ever talked about this uh, live, but Chase has always said like, dude, if Machado ever like just is not able to move anymore he can bulk up he can be a power hitter and you put him at first base and he's he would be a gold glove first baseman immediately like he would be so good at first base so if you have to move him to first and you still keep his batting lineup and he's still able to produce offensively and he can't play third because he's got older that's okay like it, it'll be fine so yeah i think i think for him i think eight to ten year deal is probably most likely um and roughly what is that 380 400 million dollars for a 10-year deal and then like a roughly around like i don't know 320 so 320 over eight years would be another like comparable contract but i think around 40 million a year 35 to 40 million a year is about what he should get um especially when you look at some of the guys that have been getting mad contracts like these massive contracts lately and and manny's better than them and manny's coming off arguably his best season so um yeah, people talking about Otani coming. I dude, that'd be sick. Uh, for Snell, Kyle says he's gonna get five, six hundred thirty from Seattle. I could definitely see that. Uh, Otani pays for himself in Japanese merch. He's like a top five dude. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you have that opportunity where it's like, oh, we have to, you know, dip into the luxury tax. Because that's what you always see. Like, oh, we have to dip into the luxury tax and and add a hundred, an extra hundred million dollars if we sign this guy for this amount. It's like, oh, so that's a lot of money but you're also bringing in like the face of baseball and you have like all of these guys that are young and everyone knows them. Like, so I don't know. I, I think, I think it's smart. Another thing with, Dar with uh, Darvish too is Darvish is, is massive as well in terms of popularity, especially in Japan. And I mean, the U S as well, everyone, I feel like any baseball fan knows who Darvish is and they don't even have to, they can be like a casual fan too. And they still know who he is. Uh, he's been around for a while. Um, Seidler owns 171 fitness gyms <laughs> and 85% of Raleigh's and see this dude's chilling. He doesn't even need to make money off the Padres. It, it, it's not that, it's not that crazy if, if they go into, if he has a default in a couple years. Um, do you really buy it players and they don't want to discuss contract negotiations during the season? Yes. I Devin, I definitely do because think about it. If you're like concerned about that kind of stuff, like it's just not a normal season. And we see like, guys have like these weird ass routines before games and stuff like that to kind of like get themselves into what they do like they wake up and they always have the same thing and they always do you know whatever in the in the morning and then they they move on and they do the other stuff right and then right before the game they go and they stretch at a certain time they go do this this and that all of a sudden it's just gonna affect you mentally so i think a lot of people are like i i don't want to do it we have until opening day once opening day hits I am not going to talk about contracts until the end of the year. And I think that's probably a better way to do it too, because if you're negotiating with your players in the season, it's just kind of weird. I, I, I don't know. I, I just find it a little bit odd. Um, Kyle says he wouldn't go above 34 to 36 for Manny. Dude, I think Manny might age better than almost all of the players, like the younger, or like players around 30 right now. I, I truthfully believe that. I've also thought that for a while. I was like, dude, Manny, if we have to re-up Manny, that's fine. I, like, I don't care if it's a, it's a, if it's a long time. 
Um, is Vlad Jr. free agent next year? I think he. I think he is. Let me take a look, dude. Yeah, talk about if if you were not able. See, the problem is the only thing is if you miss on Otani and you were to try to go after Vlad Jr. It's like you would still need so much pitching. So I don't know how that would actually work. Um, but in terms of like. They like, oh, we didn't, we didn't land our guy. Now we have to get this guy. Like, Vlad would be pretty crazy. Also, Vlad, he fits perfectly with Tatis and Soto as the young core. That would be absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, he is a free agent next year. I just checked, uh, and he has not ex- got extended with the Blue Jays. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves. Um, we'll see. I don't know if they've had any like negotiations or anything, but I feel like he might, he might leave. Um, Let's see. Which I was watching. Uh, let's see what do we got. Do you think a Noah a Noah brother reunion is possible if the Phillies don't extend him? Potentially, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they bring in one Noah and let the other Noah walk. I don't know when uh, Austin's a free agent, but I don't know. I don't know how much faith they have in him. Um. Vlad is good friends with Manny. Yeah, he's good with friends with Manny. I mean, him and Tatis. Weren't him and Tatis, like, didn't they play growing up? That was the thing, right? Like, they played, like, their dads were friends, and they would play, and they played on the same team when they were in, like, Little League or, like, the equivalent of, like, middle school, high school baseball. Um, I believe they I believe they did. So I think they're, like, super close. Um, Siler doesn't believe in money. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. Tatis, Soto, Vlad Jr., Machado, Bogarts. Dude, that would that would be so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm happy with what we got right now too. I mean, right now we're rocking with the best four in the four uh, in the league right now, so it's pretty good. Oh, apparently, Acuna's boys with them too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, all right. Okay, a couple people asking football questions. I'm about, I'm about to take off. So I, I'll answer a couple of these real quick, and then I'll, I'll head out, and we can all enjoy our, our Friday nights. Um, sorry that the stream was so late tonight. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I had it I had it scheduled for like 6.30 Pacific time, and then it just kept coming, I, and I had to stay. I stayed super late at work, so I ended up going way back and didn't start till like 10.30 almost. So 10.30 for me, I guess 7.30 for you guys, but way later than what we normally do. Um Okay, one one more thing, and then and then I will will go into the football stuff. Uh, Mike asks, or Mike says, at some point, Padres are going to have to get serious about some good young starting pitching. I do agree, um, but if you look at the Padres, let's pull it up. The Padres top prospect list right now. Um, I want to see these ETAs because you know the big one is is Dylan Lesko. Um, Dylan Lesko, if if he is healthy, if he comes back from Tommy John and he is healthy, he is going to be an absolute monster. Um, Dylan Lesko is projected to join the league 2027. So that's right before Darvish's contract's up. So 2027 for him, Robbie Snelling, 2026. He's your third prospect. Um, Adam Mazar, Mazer, I think, I think it's Mazer is how you pronounce it. 2025. He was a college pitcher. So he's already 21. Uh, Victor Lizaragua, uh, 2025. Henry Williams, 2026. So that's top eight. And you have six guys there or five guys, five guys, I think. And I mean, a lot of those guys are big time standout names. Lesko, Snelling, Lizarraga. I, I think they are all really nice. Uh, 
Adam Mazur, I want I'm I'm excited to see what he what he brings out uh brings out like out this year. Um I wonder where he's going to play. I don't know what he, I think he probably just played rookie ball last year. Okay, he didn't even play rookie ball last year. Um I wonder how high he starts cuz a lot of guys if you're that old, if you're already 21, he might get in the double A like relatively soon, which would be pretty cool to see. Um but I I think that's ab- like that is 100% true. But I think they're kind of doing it in a way I think that they they thought they were doing that with Mackenzie Gora, and that was the plan. And then they were like, "All right, we gotta get, we gotta go trade for Soto. We just can't say no to this deal." Um, yeah, Gil, I know you like him. I know this is a complete lie right there. You always hype him up in the in the chat. Yeah, people are people are talking about Lizaraga. He he was really good last year. Let's see his numbers. Um, in A, so he yeah in A in Lake at Lake Elsinore, he pitched ninety four innings. Uh, where's three, four, three ERA. Keep in mind, this dude's super young. He's 19 years old pitching at Lake Elsinore, three, four, three ERA. Um, a lot of two forty four average 1.28 whip 95 strikeouts in 94 innings, only 34 walks, only five home runs. Pretty good for a dude that's 19 playing in a ball. That's, that's impressive. Um, so yeah. All right. We will. Oh, and then, oh, Gil says also check his playoff starts. I don't know if I can see those. Let me see. I'm on like MLB.com. It's not too uh it's not too advanced. Um wait. Oh, here we go. Last 10 games. I don't know if it shows. I think this is just regular season. Yeah. But I do know he balled out in the playoffs. I do remember that. Um all right, we had a couple football questions. One was Super Bowl predictions. This is a this is an ass Super Bowl for me. <laughs> I'm not really excited at all. Um, if I had to bet on who would win, I'd bet on the Chiefs. But I think that the like it's like the same thing. Like the Eagles have a better roster. This feels like the, I say this about the Chiefs so much. Okay, they don't have as good of a roster. Yeah, but they have Patrick Mahomes. Kind of the deal with the Chiefs. Also, one thing that I don't know if this is going to happen, but if it does, I will have brought it up to you guys first. Clyde might go off in the Super Bowl because he was playing earlier this year. Um, and let me look at his game log. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was playing earlier this season, and if you guys remember, he was super touchdown dependent early on, and then they just kind of stopped giving the ball. He wasn't getting he wasn't getting many rushing attempts. He only had one game over ten rushes, but he was just getting a like a lot of touchdowns. He had six touchdowns like in the first like seven games or something, and then he barely played. Um, and then he got hurt and like was kind of like in and out of the lineup, and then played like was like hardly getting any snaps, and then hasn't played since November twentieth. What Andy Reid loves to do is in the Super Bowl, he will just come out here. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that Clyde's that great. I don't think he is. But what Andy Reid likes to do is he likes to save backs because he saves plays. So we might see some stuff that we haven't seen the Chiefs run in a long time, and they might have ran some stuff early on in the season. We're like, okay, we gotta save this. Like, we gotta save this stuff because we, there's no point for us to just run Clyde in the ground right now. Um, they had a bunch of backs. You know, McKinnon was there too. Pacheco's been Pacheco's been a great runner. Um, but I expect I expect Clyde to have a couple big time plays, probably more in like passing or like a kind of like gadget style plays. But he's pretty good in those, so I think that he might have a, a touchdown or two in the Super Bowl, which would be kind of cool to see, just because he completely fell off the table this year. But I wouldn't be surprised um, with him. Of course, the Kelsey Bros. That is that is really cool. I, I do like that. And I don't know if you guys have seen or seen or heard their podcast. Uh, but it's a pretty sweet podcast, and it is really entertaining. That's a that's a, one of the best ones out there. I think I think it's the top sports podcast like 
in the in the whole U.S. right now. So, yeah, good one there. And then there was one other question. Who would I start, Purdy or Lance? I mean, Purdy's probably not going to be ready, so Lance is probably going to start the year. But based on how Purdy played, like, you got to rock with Purdy, even though I'm a big Lance guy. I have a Lance jersey. Um, I don't have a Purdy jersey. Kind of embarrassing now as a Niners fan. But I do think that you probably have to rock with Purdy to start the season. Um, if he's healthy, however, there's always the hope, the what we want, and that's for Trey Lance to show up and look like an absolute beast and just play a lot better, be quicker with his, you know, because a lot of the stuff with him is like his motion's a little wonky and he's not very accurate in that short area of the field where, yeah, maybe Brock doesn't have a hose, but he's able to extend plays at a decent clip and he's a lot better in the middle of the field than the, you know, intermediate to short areas. And if Trey's able to figure that out, he's going to be really good. I mean, he was the Ross quarterback ever when he was drafted. There's never been a quarterback with less with less opportunities at the position than Trey had. Trey played senior year of high school, I think, only a senior year, and then he played like part of a season and then a full season, and then his year got canceled for COVID, and now his first two years in the NFL, he has like three starts. So he is the like one of the Ross players still. He's barely played, so it's tough with him. But I don't I don't want to give up. But it's also like, all right, dude, like you've been on the team a little bit. Yeah, you were only 20 when you were drafted, but like a little bit, a little bit sus. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I, I hope that he I, I think ideally what you want to have happen is you want Trey to start because he looks so good. And then you also know you have Brock kind of in the back pocket. Whereas if Brock's starting, it's like he's clearly the starter. That probably means Trey's not very good. And that is that's not a good spot to be if you're the Niners. So I'm kind of like rooting for Trey to start, I guess, but. I think Brock deserves to start based on his play last year. Um, it also really, really sucks for Brock Purdy that he got hurt and had that elbow injury because that could that could be a bad injury for the next like year or so. It, he might not be like fully healthy in, for a while, and if you're seventh rounder, like people give up on you real quick. So definitely tough there. Um, with that said, I think I'm going to take off. So everyone have a fantastic night. Hope you hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be, if we're going to be recording on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but one of those days we're going to be recording and I don't know if that will be it, but if we do another record, I don't know. I don't know what next week is looking like. All right. First off, I don't know what next week is looking off looking like, but we will do a world baseball classic kind of preview episode going over the rosters and stuff. That one's really fun. Um, I'm pumped. I'm really, really excited. Uh, so we will definitely go over that. And then if there's anything else Padres related that comes up, if, of course, if Manny Machado gets a contract extension, we will have an episode on that as well. But I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's kind of going on. So we're kind of getting into the the point of the, the uh, not the preseason, but like into the point of, oh, it's almost the season. Let's toss out our predictions. Let's talk about the World Baseball Classic. Let's do some stuff like that. So probably a little bit more of episodes like that um, up until when spring training starts. But uh, with that said, I think I'm, that's going to do it. So everyone have a fantastic weekend, and I'll talk to you all next week.